0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all of the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all of the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts welcome into believe me right here on stadium tv cam rogers coming at you i've got casey hudson and brandon lang alongside as we unpack what is going to be a very exciting super wild card weekend we've got storylines galore and of course we will give our outright selections for Super Bowl 58, Casey coming off a 5 1 and 1 weekend. Nice job there. Let's go.
1: Thanks so much. I feel really good about it. Didn't want to put it in. I think Brandon's already tired of my face, but um, before I get too cocky here, let's get through another good show.
0: Brandon, tough <laughs> one so with sorry. the <laughs> national championship. We can touch on that quickly, sir, if you want to.
2: I'm not tired of her face. I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm just. You know, I just I just hate when officials, you know, officials have a hand in what happens in a football game. That's it. And holding can be called on every play in college and pro football. Simple as that. You can watch the line and, and decide, eh, maybe, eh, maybe, and eh, maybe. Um, And the two plays at the 1253 mark, you know, Washington's defense got six straight stops, 1252 to go in the game. First and 10 on 33, 2013 game, second plate, second and nine. 35-yard pass down to the Michigan 30, questionable hold call, was it? Many say not. Social media many say not. Throw the flag, second and 21, punt, first play for Michigan, 40-yard pass to the tight end. Was there a hold? Absolutely grabbing the jersey right in for the ref. No call. Those two pivotal plays in that situation at that time, game changer. 2020, 9 minutes to go in the game. Would have loved to see that play out. Now Michigan comes out a little more tight. Now let's see if they can put together a championship drive when they've been stopped six times in a row. We're never going to get to see that because officials, once again, both on the NFL level and the college level, look at the NFL. Look what happened to Dallas. Look what happened to the Chiefs Green Bay with the pass interference penalty by the the Chiefs didn't get it. Uh, That would have changed that. You you, you see it across the board that officials aren't held accountable to a certain degree. They just – there's been bad officiating all the way across especially at critical times and it's just a shame that washington is getting gashed early the way they did and to settle in and get six straight stops and people will see a 34-13 final i think the game was a blowout far from it and it's just frustrating because michael Penix jr as good as he has been all year long was absolute garbage that's all you can say miss guys all night long his head coach said we had plays to be made we just didn't make them not nice way of protecting your quarterback. There were plays to be made all night long. My quarterback just didn't make them. Penix was bad. And when you are it all in with the number one pass offense in college football and your quarterback plays like garbage and you're still down seven with 12 minutes to go, it just goes to show you how good their defense played. And they're not going to get credit for it because people are going to see a 34-13 final. So it is what it is. Like, I, I'm glad I don't have to talk about Jim Harbaugh anymore because I can't stand him. He's we're like done. A cheater. Um, and, and for him to get every single call that he got all season long, it's uh, ah! amazing to me. me. This is like a
0: separate, it's a separate episode. I feel like, but maybe there is an epidemic of bad training for officials to be Uh out there in college and the NFL, because it's been a theme for like the last half decade, there's been problems with with officiating. So we'll see what happens with that said, let's dive into the games here, guys. And we're going to start off with the. Saturday afternoon Texans invitational because they always get that first game in the wild card round. Brandon, we've got the Texans getting two and a half at home against the Browns. We've got playoff Joe Flacco, which should be interesting, but Houston kind of sneaking in by way of Jacksonville collapsing. So where's the value in this one,
2: Brandon? Garden Minshew. Texas shouldn't be (laughs) Shouldn't be here. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Shouldn't be here. It's a seven-yard pass to the left, probably for a touchdown, or it's first and goal at the five. Seven yards. He can't put it on his body. Back, left, near the ground. Now, should he have caught it? Absolutely. He's trying to catch and run. You're putting a guy who hasn't played that much. Just catch it, secure it, go down, get the first down, get us four more downs. He's trying to catch and run. I get it. He drops it. But that's on Minshew. Just throw it on his body. They're going to score there. It's game over. Now we're handicapping Colts and Cleveland. Now we get a rematch of a game from three weeks ago where Cleveland went in there and blew the doors off them. And I can't see. I said it. Stroud didn't have that great a game. But one play. Minshew. Great play call. Give Shaiken credit for the play call. Perfect play call. Just didn't execute because your quarterback couldn't make a throw. Listen, it was the worst throw I ever made since he hit his dad in the nuts with a Nerf ball when he was three and got thrown in the closet all day. This is what it is. He regressed back to those days. So at the end of the day, I'm going with Cleveland. Their defense beat them 36-22 last meeting. I'm going to lay the wood. Browns.
0: Yeah, Casey, Joe Flacco threw for over 300 yards in that game as well. Amari Cooper had over 260 yards receiving. Is the answer in front of us here?
1: I want to say yes, but look, I'm not going to turn away from the fact that rookie QBs, let alone young QBs, don't have that great of a result or statistics when they're going against experienced quarterbacks when it comes to the playoffs. But what I will say is I don't think that Stroud is a joke. I mentioned this last week. I think that he was one of my top rookies, if not the top rookie Heading into this season, and you can't overlook the fact that the guy has not thrown an interception since, what, November? And sits well over a 70% completion rate. I like these statistics. I like how he played versus the Colts. I like his leadership. I like his composure. But Brown's defense is something to speak for itself. What I like the view in this matchup is the under. I'm going to take the under 44 and a half. Uh, total here because I think that both defenses are going to step up tremendously. While the Browns have a sharper defense or edge ever so slightly, they're sitting at 3.5 yards per carry. Texans are only sitting at 4.6 yards per carry. So depending on what they put up offensively, we could be looking at a whole different battle here. I really kind of take the Texans for a win crazy enough.
0: Listen, I like both of your plays. I like the under, I like Cleveland. Remember when like the Bengals and the Texans would play in the playoffs and it was like 13 to 10, like TJ Yates was playing and Andy Dalton. Like I see that happening as well, but I'm going to go with Brandon officially on this one just because I think Joe Flacco has a major advantage with that defense, that run game, that offensive line, but like the play as well, Casey. All right, let's talk about the Dolphins and the Chiefs. We've got question marks galore with both teams, Casey. We're talking about 10 degrees. We've got a Miami team on the road in Arrowhead. But by the way, the Chiefs have not looked like world beaters at all this year, Casey. So you have got the Chiefs laying four at home. Where's the value?
1: Uh, Yeah, this is probably the matchup I'm least looking forward to. Um, Neutral ground didn't do it for the Dolphins. And when they were playing uh, against each other in Germany, that's kind of where I was riding high with uh, my numbers and my cash ins. And then they disappointed me tremendously. But what I cannot shake mentally right now is how you barely beat the Chargers. Uh, Mm, But you said it. The Chiefs have just kind of been the fracture of a team the last six weeks. You don't know what to expect from them. But when it comes down to being realistic here, some of the biggest ways to beat the Chiefs is by going crazy in the pass rush. They're down to their top pass rushers, that being the Miami Dolphins. They're still pretty fractured on their defense. Um, They barely put up. They only put up 14 points the other week. So looking at these numbers, looking at the fact that they won't be able to really compete defensively, going to the cold, not the best road numbers there. I have to kind of slide with the Chiefs here. I do see it being a closer game, though, than anticipated because the Chiefs are going to chief at this point.
0: Yeah, Brandon, it's chalky at minus four, but the Dolphins are three and seven against the number when facing teams with a winning record.
2: I'll say it again. When I sat there on Monday night and watched Vic Fangio and that Dolphin defense give up back-to-back touchdown drives against the Tennessee Titans, I said to myself, they're done. I said, the Dolphins are done. They're absolutely done. Um, Mike McDaniel respects Vic Fangio too much to take control of situations. The first drive from Levitt's, there was not one blitz. When they're up 14, cut it to seven. They go three and out, they punt. Second drive by Levitt's, no blitz again, where McDaniel has to get on the headset and said, listen, I want you to bring the house. I want you to speed up this rookie. We're coming after him. Let's go. Didn't. Went right down and scored again. They lose the football game. Next week, they beat the Jets, 30 nothing. I get it. Dallas gives them the game with the fumble on the first possession and could never recover those seven points. And then, of course, what happened? Go up to Baltimore, get blown out, and now come back home and lose to Buffalo. They're done. They're absolutely done. And as much as I hate the Chiefs, as much as I hate Andy Reid, as much as I hate these fucking state farm commercials. Seriously, I hate the Chiefs more than I hate last night's game. They're the Father. right side because I literally just can't see Miami rallying after blowing the division now having to go on the road in this weather banged up i just i just don't see it you have to take kansas city and force miami to show you that they can go on the road and play a competitive football game against a winning football team blown out of philly blown out of buffalo blown out of the ravens until they show you you can't trust them lay it with the chiefs
0: yeah, when I feel like not laughing, I watch those State Farm commercials and The Office. Both things are not funny to me. We're all on the Chiefs.
2: Like we need never to see seen Andy, The Office. Like we need to see Andy Reid reaching for fries and nuggets and <laughs> like he had missed a buffet since Christ came back two thousand years ago.
0: Chiefs minus the four, all three of us. All right, let's talk about the Steelers and the Bills. The Bills, all of a sudden, number two seed in the AFC. Casey laying. A 10 number against a third string quarterback in Mason Rudolph. We're talking about no TJ Watt in this one for Pittsburgh. 30 miles per hour wins are expected. Bills are on a five-game win streak. Where's the play?
1: I hate to be that person that's like, no TJ Watt, full destruction. So I'll do a small little (laughs) highlight. Mason Rudolph has stepped up tremendously. He didn't have a great... Um, numbers or reputation or conversation surrounding his name heading into this season, but you're talking about a guy that's now averaging 27 points per game but without your leading sack guy leading sack guy in the league bringing that pressure forcing mistakes against a team that is you know highly regarded defensively and getting things together offensively I don't see then you're adding in the weather situation then you're talking about a team that's better and more formidable when it comes to crazy weather well Buffalo is always throwing the curveballs so I think that they're going to be able to manage there the bigger aspect here for me is going to be the Bills money line uh I know this here with anything that can potentially go down the bills are building and have beat the chiefs the cowboys the dolphins laying 10 with the bills has won them then like they've had a few blowout style games but too crazy so that's where i'm just kind of throwing up some question marks but pittsburgh has lost by more than 10 points by a number of games and you can never know what to expect from them especially if they're missing their leader and you see the tone change with tj watt in the game so my play here is a bunny line
0: Bankroll builder there, Bills' money line against Pittsburgh. By the way, Brandon, two and six are the Bills against the number one favored by more than a touchdown.
2: Yeah, you look at them um, down the stretch to go out to Chargers, you know, who the week before gave up 479 points to the Raiders. They were 13 and a 13-half-point road favorite, probably should have lost that game outright. Came back home, a struggle against New England at home. Hmm. Um, and then go down to Miami. And if they probably don't get the punt return for a touchdown, they're probably not here. I mean, think about it. They, they could not do nothing, overcome the turnovers, three huge turnovers. They needed that punt return. They probably don't win that game. And consequently, Miami's sitting at home in the cushy warm weather hosting the first playoff game. So it's weird how everything changes on a 96 yard punt return. I think it's too many points. I love the under. I don't think either team's going to light up the scoreboard hurt. So my, my, my play is the under but it would not surprise me if Pittsburgh covers this number. It wouldn't even without TJ Watt. I just think Pittsburgh matches up well with Buffalo. So I have a little lean towards Pittsburgh plus the points, but I'll take I'll take the under all day long, especially with the inclement weather.
0: Yeah, I'll take both of those plays, Bills money line and the under, and if you're on Pittsburgh, wait because I think that number will shift to maybe 10 and a hook, 10 and a half could get to 11, we shall see, but T.J. Watt out for Pittsburgh. That is not good for Steelers fans. Okay, historic rivalry here. Packers, Cowboys, this one in Dallas. It could have been the Ice Bowl if it was in Green Bay. 10 degrees out there this weekend. Dallas laying seven and a hook in this one. Brandon, Mike McCarthy, revenge game.
2: Where's the value? Greatest stadium in the country. Took my daughter there two it's it's incredible. It's just it's just incredible. There's no other way to say it. Um, better be playing there than, than in Green Bay. You know, it's funny, everything Green Bay does well plays into the weakness of Dallas. And it's something about that division. Detroit went into Dallas. I thought it was gonna be a blowout. I thought Detroit had nothing to play for. And Detroit probably should have won the game outright. And then we'd also be talking about a oh, whole different playoff scenario when they got robbed with the lineman reporting eligible Um, I think Green Bay goes in here and covers this number I think they're going to keep it close I think the young defense matches up well but more importantly everything Green Bay does offensively plays into the hands of what Dallas's weaknesses are on defense for that matter Matt LaFleur in the the month of December and January is up is filthy give me the points with Green Bay
0: Plus the seven and a half with the Packers for Brandon, Casey, for what it's worth. The Packers are the youngest team in NFL history to make the postseason.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, let's stick with the young. Um, look, Dallas is averaging well over 30 points per game. round. Right biggest thing is how are the Packers going to slow down a quarterback that posts up 300-plus you know, passing yards and makes it look easy? Their defense is coming into this matchup sitting 17th in the league for yards allowed, which is not too flashy, but it's a point. Offense can do some uh, inconspicuous things there, but they might be without Christian Watson, who by way was one of my top players to look out for coming into the league. So I could see this being a little high scoring. I can see the Cowboys taking a minute to get their shutdown rhythm going. So I can maybe like the total here, maybe almost over, but I think Cowboys cover the spread um, depending on what Christian Watson's status may be. But as for the Packers slowing down the Cowboys offensively, I don't particularly sit, uh, too well. I see a second half takeoff here.
0: Yeah, I think Dallas really runs away with things in the third quarter. I like the minus, the seven and a half. I'm with Casey and Dallas. All right, let's talk about the game of the weekend, right, guys? The Rams, the Lions, the Lions laying three, Matt Stafford versus his old team, Jared Goff versus his old team, Dan Campbell in the postseason, hard knocks, all that good stuff. Casey, where is the value in this one?
1: Uh. High scoring um, within three. I, I like both of these. So we're looking at the fact that I don't see both. I don't see con- consistent strings of strong defensive plays from both of these teams. Wow, that was a mouthful to piece together. Now you're talking about the Lions being without one of their red zone guys in LaPorta. Lions defense is allowing 25 points, which is scary versus a healthy la offense team so i see a lot of points going up here and i'm leaning with the rams on this one i think they just started to take pivotal plays and build on the good and just they faced a lot of adversity and still showed up pulled off pretty big wins even if they weren't explosive wins or you know dominant wins double digit wins what by any means and i think this is kind of how they sneak their way into the super bowl a few years ago not saying they're going to the super bowl, but I'm seeing a lot of parallels to that season and where their turning point came in. So high scoring, um, like the overtotal here. and I like LA to take it.
0: Yeah. Brandon, listen, you alluded to it earlier before going on air. It seems like the pros are going to be on the Rams because you can't go chalk across the board in the NFL playoffs. Where are you going here?
2: No, it's, it's a, it's a matchup problem for Detroit. Um, you know, earlier this year, the Bears went in there and dominated Detroit. Jordan Love went in there and dominated Detroit. Um, the Rams have the same type of offensive scheme. Sean McVay is such in tune with Matthew Stafford right now. Um, this is a team that's won their last six or of, seven of the last eight. Only lost was to the Ravens in overtime. And if you watch that game, many will say the Rams outplayed them. The Rams should have won the game outright. That's the best team in football. Detroit went into Baltimore lost, I think it was 38-6 or something around there. Rams winning, there should have won the game outright. You're getting three and a half of the team that's 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 on fire right now. And the most dangerous team in the NFC and a team nobody wants to see, much like everyone's saying about Buffalo and the AFC. Nobody wants to see them right now. The Rams have played quality football for quite some time right now. Veteran quarterback on the road, first playoff game, returning home, getting three and a half. It's just something you can't pass up. That Rams defense is playing well. So I'm going to take the Rams. And I love it. Santa Lang, 2024, come down the chimney. Rams plus three and a half. One of these quarterbacks
0: won a Super Bowl. The other lost a Super Bowl. Let's go with the winner in Matt Stafford. We're on the Rams plus the three and maybe worth a money line sprinkle. Okay, this is gross, guys. It's on Monday night. We've got the Eagles. We've got the Bucs. Casey, I want to root for your team here. Bucks are getting three at home. Eagles have looked terrible over the last month. Are you going with Tampa Bay
1: here? I'm not. I am unfortunately not going with Tampa Bay. Um, the hard part for me here is even though the Eagles didn't have this flash, you know, they beat them earlier in the season 25 to 11, whatever, whatever. There were some good things that the Bucks did do in that game, but you're going against an offense that had a lot of mental errors, that was going against a fractured up front defensive line, not really getting their guys involved, the trying to establish the run game, which has been the theme of this team for too many seasons now. Um, the hard part with it is that. You play a Panthers team and you cannot get in the freaking red zone, and you only put up nine points versus them. Play calling has been an issue for this team for seasons, and I'm not blaming Dave Canales, but I'm saying he needs some time to get his feet underneath him. He needs some time to figure out the strong suits for this team, and the minute that they get a rhythm going, their go-to is Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and maybe Rashad White. Um, it's not very versatile and it's not very flashy. So I think that even though the Eagles have faced a lot of woes, um, I think they probably come in with a better game plan to not beat themselves. So unfortunately, I cannot swing with the buck on this one. And crazy enough, I like the over 44 total. I think it can get a little messy um, in a number of ways. Again, 25 and 11 earlier in September, the Bucks offensively has come together a little bit more, so they could potentially find the end zone. But last week just discouraged me a lot.
0: Yeah, Brandon, listen, the market could not be any lower than it is right now with Philadelphia. So it almost seems like a trap here to tempt people into Tampa Bay.
2: Listen, I've won a game involving Philadelphia all year long, except when they went in Dallas. So if I pick with them, they lose. I pick against them, they win. So I'm going to take them, so they'll lose. So take Philadelphia, minus three. Buy down to two and a half, you're good to go.
0: Okay, there you go. That's gonna wrap up Super Wildcard weekend, and that will allow us some time now, guys, to give our official Super Bowl 58 predictions. We've got outright numbers. The 49ers, despite getting blown out by the Ravens, are their favorites at two to one. Baltimore plus three thirty, Buffalo plus five fifty, Dallas eight to one. You've got Kansas City at 10 to 1, Philadelphia at 16 to 1, Brandon. Going down the board more, you've got Detroit at 20-1, to 1, but where are you going here?
2: Hate to say it, but it's a rematch of the Monday night game. It's Ravens Niners. No one's going to okay. go into San Francisco and beat them, and no one's going to go to Baltimore and beat them. This is not going to happen. Home field will be critical in both conferences. And at the end of the day, I, it'll be a much better game than it was in San Francisco. Purdy's not going to have the four interceptions or whatever it was. It'll be a very competitive game, but I got Ravens Niners.
0: Okay. Who wins the uh, Super Bowl, though?
2: Ravens. Ravens. Okay. But again, I have to see what the line is. Right. If the Niners are favored, the Ravens are favored, I don't know. I mean, I I I have to believe it's going to be a really really competitive game and the line's going to be tight one and a half two, but I'll make sure to see what the line is. Plus
0: Plus three thirty for the Ravens Casey, where's the value in your mind?
1: Um so, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that it's leaning more towards the Ravens 49ers, but I would love to see Bills 49ers. Um, two pretty stout defenses going against one another. I want to see how hopefully a game like that could get. Um, but depending on what you're looking at, like like Brandon said, the line, the value, where the favoritism is, um, I would also like to look at the value being of where the totals are at, depending on how many points each team is putting up and how strong these defenses come in. The under is swinging big, heavy, um, and cashing out for people this season. So I'm going to continue to ride that underline with a lot of games until we close out the season. Tell you what,
0: in August of 2023, I picked the 49ers, 30, Buffalo, 27. I am sticking with that prediction. I might as well, oh right? God. I can't deviate.
1: Love so that. I'm going 49ers, two
0: to one. I'm there deviated. you go. There we go. I love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck to your pets this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Believe Me right here on Stadium TV. For Brandon Lang and Casey Hudson, I am Cam Rogers. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you next week.